are podcast in Charlotte FC, bringing you the human experience behind the club, inspiring stories, community initiatives, beneficial info, and much more. With Matt Harris, the voice, and Dwayne Dyer, the tech. Thank you for joining us. Really appreciate it. Uh, today we're talking about performance and kids with a sports psychologist. His name is uh, Dr. Greg Shelley, author, speaker, performance consultant, professor from Ithaca. Conducted over 3,000 regional, national, international presentations, seminars, workshops for sport performers across all developmental levels, including working with youth, high school, junior league, college, Olympic, professional athletes, teams, and coaches, deals with conflict resolution, managing performance pressures, training resiliency, mental toughness. He's a coach and educator and consultant for the United States Soccer Federation, numerous major league, that's MLS Academy players, teams, and coaches. Got a couple books out you should check out. He's worked with elite clubs. Uh, thank you, Greg, for joining us. Well, as I said, guys, I appreciate having you having me on here, and uh, it's uh, it's always an honor to to talk about some of these things. So, uh, thank you. Is there a difference in youth soccer and other sports that you've found as far as the psychological toll or the training, et cetera? Is there something that stands out that makes soccer different to kids? Yeah, great question to start with, guys. I, I get asked something similar when I'm working with different sports and different sport organizations, and and uh, even different developmental ages. Um, and my, my answer is usually something along the lines of, you know, if we're talking about, let's, let's just take a topic like mental training. And, and I can get into this more in a little bit. You know, for the most part, mental training is mental training. Now, this won't make sense right now, but, you know, my approach to mental training is helping people control their body, their mind, and their focus. Those are the three things that we can control. We can control this body, the physiological response to, to a moment, in, in this case, a performance moment, we can control our mind. I'm not saying that's easy, but we can control our mind, okay. right? And we can control our focus of attention. So mental training is mental training. But as it's applied to soccer or lacrosse or the game of volleyball or football, whatever it might be, right? The, the culture of those sports is what we have to apply it to. So the culture of soccer obviously is very, very different than the culture of American football. Right. Or, uh, or lacrosse or, you know, we could put in any, any other sport there. So my answer is, you know, leadership is leadership for the most part. Mental training is mental training for the most part. Um, developing good communication skills is developing good communication skills. But how it's applied in the different cultures and the dynamics of teams, that's that's the, the most important thing to do. And that's that's where that's where these things become tailored to the organization and to the sport. Greg, in a in a position like a like a goalkeeper, for example, um, that's a tough spot to be in. All right, yeah. uh, he's manning the goals, bouncing back from one or two goals. How would you consult with a goalkeeper? You know, getting his his mental toughness up yeah. there, and you know, getting his his focus back after you know a little bit of adversity during a game. Yeah. So again, uh, I don't know if this will make sense right off the bat here, yeah. but there's, you know, for me, when I look at a performer, yeah, there's, there's, there's kind of three levels that I look at with a performer and that is what motivates you to do what you do. So there's the motivation level. 
Okay. And then there's the, then there's a commitment level. So for example, all right, I might be motivated to do something, but now what's going to, what am I committed to in order to keep doing that something? So whatever it is, I I might be committed to take it out of the world of soccer and goalkeeping for a second. Okay. Okay. I might be, I might be uh, motivated to, to, you know, enhance my fitness level. So I'm going to start working out. So I'm motivated to work out, whatever those reasons are for me that motivates me to work out. But once I start working out, as we all know, it's two or three weeks later that, you know, that commitment level to keep going, that's, that's a different level of motivation, so to speak. So what motivates you? What are you committed to, to keep going? And then there's that third piece, the resiliency, right? So what are you going to keep doing in the face of adversity? Like what's going to keep you going in the face of adversity? So now bringing it back to your question, which I love, right? (laughs) Jump right in here. You got a goalkeeper that gives up a couple of goals. Yeah. Right. That's, that's adversity. Yeah. Yeah, it is. yeah. That's adversity. Right. And so it's not about motivation. What motivates this person? It's not even about what they're committed to. It's about their ability to bounce back in the face of adversity. Right. And mm-hmm. so now that becomes a resiliency question. And what's really interesting and, and, you know, developmentally it's, 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 it's interesting to look at, you know, whether it's young kids or, or 15, 17s, or, or 21s, 24s, whatever it is. But that resiliency piece is, you know, how can we train ourselves to not be catastrophic in our thinking, which is all or nothing thinking? Wow, yeah. Yeah. Right? So, so for example, I give up a goal. You know, for, for a young kid who hasn't trained their mind or retrained their mind and, and, and how, you know, to overcome catastrophic things, they give up a goal and I suck, I'm terrible. Uh, yeah, uh, I don't even know. I don't even know why I'm here. I shouldn't even be on this travel team. I, I, I should just quit. <laughs> sure. Yep. Right? right. That is catastrophic thinking. But listen, sometimes as adults, we do that too. You know, we, yep. we get a negative evaluation, right? Yeah. And we're like, oh, what am I doing? I shouldn't even be doing this job. I'm terrible at this. Yep. No, you're not terrible. You just, you just made a mistake. Yeah. Right. And the case back to your point, you know, for the goalkeeper, maybe they made a mistake. Maybe they made a mistake. Okay, well, it's a mistake. That doesn't make you a terrible goalkeeper. That doesn't make you, you know, unable to finish the game and, and have a, a great last, you know, 40 minutes or whatever mm-hmm. it might be. Or maybe the other, the opponent, maybe the other player made a fantastic shot on goal. Right. Right. So your ability to perceive the situation and read the situation and be honest with yourself and what you're what you're dealing with. And, and, you know, that's that's perception. And that's, you know, it's, it sounds easy to train perception. It's really hard to train perception and and to overcome those catastrophic thoughts, because as humans, regardless of age level, we are negative thinkers by nature. And that when I share that with coaches, <laughs> when I share that with athletes wow. and, 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 and people in general and even businessmen and women in, in corporate America, we are negative people by nature. Okay. Right. And, and one thing I always say is I don't I don't know you guys that well. And I hope I get to know you better. I don't you know, if I gave you guys five compliments, five compliments each. Yeah. And and then said one negative thing about you. Mm-hmm. What are you going to focus on? Negative. The, the negative. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. So so think about that goalie. Right. They could be playing lights out first 40 minutes. And give up a goal. And the only thing they're, they're focused on is the one, they, maybe they were out of position or maybe they read it wrong and they took the wrong angle. And that's all they focus on is that one thing that they've done very poorly in that moment. 
how do we get out of that way of thinking and back into a way of thinking that puts us in the best position possible to be successful? Wow, that's great. Um, from a parent's perspective, I think that I read one of your columns that it is expectations that are can cause problems. There's a difference between confidence and expectations, right? And that is what a parent has to think about. Explain what you mean by that. Yeah. Well, and, and how again, to temper you expectations, at, you know. And part of what I think you're getting at here, and tell me if this is not where you're going, but again, take a take a 15, 16, 17-year-old kid. And one of the things I ask these 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 kids all the time is who are you playing for? Mm-hmm. Are you playing for your parents? Mm-hmm. Is it the expect? Are you trying to reach the expectations of your parents? Are you trying to fulfill the expectations of your parents? Which, by the way, when I ask a kid that, you know, parents' expectations are always a part of it, usually a part of it. But then when I ask them, what what do your parents expect from you? They usually can't give me a good answer. So they're playing to fulfill an expectation for parents oftentimes, but they're not even sure what the parents expect of them. Oh, wow. Right. right. So you might want to make that clear as a parent, is what you're saying? Yeah, that conversation never comes up. Right. Uh, being really clear with our expectations, but, but then also allowing, allowing our kids from a parent perspective, allowing our kids to form their own expectations based on their own skill set, based on, you know, the team and the dynamics of the team and the culture of the team that they're on and the coaching that they're receiving and, and, and the, the level of play of, of their teammates and opponents. There's a lot of factors that go into expectations. And, you know, you've got, you got some kids that are on, on one team during one part of the week, and it's a really good team, a highly skilled team. And the expectations to play on that team are very different than playing on a high school team that doesn't have the same skill set. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. And so what's the level of expectation that you're playing to and who, whose are those expectations? Is, is it a parent? Is it yours? Is it a combination of you, your parent, your coaches? And to clarify those expectations is really important. Is there something that coaches can accomplish with a kid as far as the, the, the mental health or how to handle adversity that parents sometimes can't because of the closeness? Uh, I, I would say I'm smiling here because I would say a lot of things. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's, it, it's, it, you, you both know this, but you know, as I'll, I'll speak for myself, I mean, this is what I've done for 32 years. Right. And I, and I've raised two kids and, 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 you know, one's out of college and one's just about ready to be out of college. And, and you know, as as the dad, I don't I don't really know what I'm talking about, right? <laughs> right. even though it's even though it's your specialty, yeah, right. But but the neighbor guy does, right? Or yeah. or yeah. somebody at school does, yes. And and, and that kind of goes with the territory. And and you know, one of the things I when I when I do coaches workshops and and I'm working with coaches and a coaching staff on a team, I I, I say flat out to coaches, listen, I, I'm going to say some things to your athletes that they're probably going to look at me and they're going to shake their head like, wow, that's great. And you're going to be sitting in the background coaches going, we, we, we've said this 10 times. Yeah, today. A hundred times. Yeah. 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 But, but, but because somebody comes in and says it and it's an outside perspective or there's an expert or whatever it is, all of a sudden, you know, those, those 17 year old kids go, wow, that's a great idea. And the coaches are looking at me like, Are you kidding? <laughs> I, I do a lot of coach the coaches training. Yeah. Whether it's, coaching the coaches to develop leaders in their athletes or coaching the coaches to develop mental toughness and resiliency in their athletes so that I can give the coaches 
some some training and some programming and and they can attach my name or somebody else's name to where the athletes literally go wow okay this is cool so so and so it you know does this with professional athletes or so and so does this with with college athletes and all of a sudden those kids go coach this is great stuff yes greg you um you mentioned coaching the coaches yep coaching uh directors or or i should say teaching um and -hmm. teaching players and teaching teams the idea of a of a goalkeeper having to bounce back mm-hmm. from an incident you need to have the other 10 players thinking like that as well as the coach that's right all right how do you get that across when you do your your consulting so now what you're talking about and you're spot on here because you can have one, two, three, five, seven players that have their act together, so to speak. Yeah. Right? They're 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 focused. They're in the moment. They're if we can use the phrase, mentally tough. They're they're doing everything they're supposed to do to put themselves in a position to be successful. But if one or two other players on the team don't are, are not in that spot, yeah, we do not have a culture of mental toughness. We do not have a culture of commitment, or we do not have a culture of resiliency. Right, and that's where you know, that the individual player has to be trained, but the team Mm -hmm. has to adopt an approach and a way of training. And that becomes the culture of a team. And they're so closely aligned, but if we're not dealing with both at the same time, then we can still miss out. We can have some really, really talented players that are really focused, but we can still lack a culture of confidence or a culture of toughness or a culture of resilient committed players and without that culture we're not going to win for the Mm. long term or or even come back from a goal or two down yeah that's right that's exactly right and it's culture something that you all you you really can't even skip a practice without emphasizing culture right that or that side of it that's going to be a constant to get really into their heads to be Second nature, right? So what, what are oh, some yeah. of the things a coach could do during his session, during preseason, to develop this culture yep. other than screaming at players? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Well, t- t- two points here. One is, yes, it is a daily focus to develop culture. Daily focus. And then to, to the last question, what do we do here? And I always put my hand up. Like, you know, here Five. it's like – there's, there's a bunch of things that go into culture, but okay. here's what I typically am always promoting and should be promoted on a regular basis. We've already brought up one of them, expectations. What are the expectations of, our, of, of us as a club, us as players, as members of this club? What are our expectations you know, as a member of this team and for one another? And then standards. What are the standards? What's the standard of excellence? What's the standard of a, as a, as a professional player, what's the standard on the 17 team? What's the standard on the 15 team? So expectations and standards. Okay. Right. And then here's, here's the big one behavior, each individual, what's your role and how do you behave in that role? How do you respond to, to a setback? How do you respond to hard coaching? How do you respond to, you know, taking the wrong angle and giving up a goal or whatever it is getting beat one V one, like what's your, what is your behavior and your response? Expectation standards, behaviors. Got right? it. And then it's, then it's responsibility and accountability. We're going to be held. We're get, we got to take responsibility for our behaviors and we got to be held accountable to our behaviors. And those five things, 
make up culture. And those five things need to be addressed on a regular basis. What are our expectations? We're playing today. We're, we're drilling today. We're playing today. We're scrimmaging today. Whatever we're doing today based on expectations we have for this team. And, and we're trying to meet a, a level, a standard of expectation, a, a standard of behavior, right? It's the behavior that I give and this player and this player and this role and that role and what we do. And, and it's me taking responsibility for what I do. And it's you holding me accountable when I don't do it. Okay. And all those things, all those things make up culture. And, and at the heart and soul is that behavior. And, and I love this phrase, behavior drives culture. Oh, behavior drives culture, mm -hmm. right? So how I behave at practice and how I respond to hard coaching, how I respond to a mistake, my behavior following a mistake, right? Or my behavior. How about this guys? My behavior on a Friday night. Right? Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, you're yeah, talking yeah. about college my, players. My, now. Yeah. <laughs> culture, yeah. my behavior as we're checking in, if I'm talking about 17 year olds checking into a hotel, my behavior in the lobby, checking into a hotel, my behavior you know, on a Friday, Saturday night, out with the guys, hanging out with my buddies. Yeah, yeah. My behavior, my behavior in the off season, my off season conditioning program, my behavior drives culture. Our behavior drives culture. But what are we doing? We're trying to behave in a way to reach expectations and standards. Yep. And that yeah. behavior is what drives our culture. So, so back to the to what was stated earlier. Those things need to be emphasized and re-emphasized on a regular basis, day in and day out of practices throughout the course of a week. Now, expectations, I'm, I'm guessing is not the score. It's probably like the process or something like that. It's, uh, it's definitely not the score. It's not an outcome. It is a performance expectation. Okay. It is a, it is a, yes, to your point, it's a process and performance. It's, it's, you know, understanding that I'm going to have some bad days. I'm going to take a step back, but I'm going to also take two steps forward and, and it's going to be a process and this isn't going to happen overnight. And the expectation is that we are going to continue to grow. We are going to continue to get better. We can have bad days. One of the sayings that I have with, with players is, Hey, you're human. You can have, you're going, you're going to have bad days. Let's try not to have two bad days in a row. Mm. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Or not even a full day. You're going to have a, you know, bad 10 minutes. You right. Know? Exactly. <laughs> That's right. The year-round sports thing now, the, the culture of year-round sports, since you're a sports psychologist, I'll ask you that. Is that a mental problem as well as a physical problem? Or, I mean, can be? Because a physical problem, we know that there are some injuries due to doing some repetitive stuff. But how about mentally? You know, from a mental perspective, you know, we're, we're always trying to walk this line of, you know, focus is such an important part of performance, right? So mm -hmm. you can train your body. You can train your mind. But if you're not focused, you're still not going to perform at a high level. Right. Right. So, again, that's, that's kind of where I started this discussion is, you know, body, mind, focus. Those are the three things that really go into to, you know, being mentally tough is to control your body and which is your response to the moment and you control your mind and control your focus. So we want players to be focused. And there's this this thought process out there that, you know, if you're going to be great in soccer, or you're going to be great in, in what fill in the blank with whatever sport, then you got to go all out. 100% focus on soccer, 100% focus on lacrosse, 100% focus on whatever the sport is year round and train, 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 train soccer. And that's it. And on one hand, that's hard to argue against because there's so much you can do to focus and train the game of soccer. But we also know 
that there's a lot of benefits of doing cross training and doing some other things, right? Especially with the development of a, of a, of a kid coming up through the system. Um, so we're walking that line of having this intense soul focus on not just the sport, but the training of the sport. Right. And we've even looked at, we've even now, you know, we we're into training year, you know, you do this part, you, you train this way for the first third of the year and this right. way for the second third of the year and this way for the third. And, and so we're into trying to develop a year long training focus. And, and yet can we be too focused? And I would argue, yes, we can. We can be too focused. And what I mean by that is that it becomes the only thing we do. Okay. Take something in our lives. You know, I could say I love teaching, but if it's the only thing I do, it's going to get old. Burnout. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And it's, the fun factor is going to start to, to slip away. And when we're talking about every level, every age level, if I'm talking about 15 year olds, if we start to lose the fun factor because it becomes a, a job or a, is so focused, it becomes like, this is the only thing in my life. And if I lose the fun factor, I lose some of my skill and talent and passion to play the game. Right. Mm -hmm. So there's a fine line there with focus being so focused on just the game and getting away from the game yeah, and doing something else, whether it's cross training and other sports Mm-hmm. Or getting away and just having fun in another area of your life. That an unscheduled uh, month where you just do what you want. You would go in the woods Absolutely. and play, do whatever. Yeah. Yeah, just play. Absolutely. Just just play. You know, no rules, yep. no structure. Just that's just, right. Just do something. <laughs> yes. Fortunately, people are athletes are more open about mental health these days than they were. Yeah. I'm sure when you started in the business, <laughs> wasn't a lot of people talking about that. And major league teams are starting to get therapists and whatnot on board. Yeah. And we talk about the mental toughness that we've talked a lot about earlier. How do you thread that needle of mental toughness, but allowing the, and what I say a child, because you're 10, 12, whatever, the ability to admit what is perceived as a weakness if they have some sort of, I don't know, anxiety issue, whatever it might be. That's a needle that's probably tough to thread, I assume, right? It's really hard to thread, to use your words. It's really hard to understand where the line is. Right now, I think in the world of athletics, and it's not just the world of athletics, you know, I'm looking at academic institutions across the country that yeah. I work in. Everybody's having a hard time deciphering what, what is mental health? Yeah. What, what, what constitutes mental health? Mm-hmm. So, Again, I'll take it out of the context of sport for a minute to, to try to make a point. You know, I'm, I'm a college professor. I have been for, you know, 28 plus years. And, and, and I'm struggling, feeling like I have a better understanding than most people about mental health and, and the things that go into performance. But I'm struggling with trying to read my students in a classroom from what they're calling mental health. Versus what I would say is normal life ups and downs. Yeah. So for example, you know, I have a student who says, I've got two tests this week and a paper and we're practicing, you know, every night this week. And we got a, we got a tournament this weekend, Saturday and Sunday. Yeah. And, and, and my mental health is shot. I'm just, I don't think I can do this. Well, what's mental health, whatever that is. Right. Cause it's very general. And what's. And what's the, you know, what's just kind of the normal process of learning how to manage, and there's the key word, manage mm-hmm. stresses, strains, life's ups and downs, wow. busy schedules, 
managing emotions. And, um, you, you know, as a professional in the field, I don't know that line. Yeah. Yeah. I, I struggle with that line. And so, you know, sport organizations and, and coaches and uh, even you know, obviously parents uh, in, in the business communities that I work with, I, people are really struggling with that. And, and so we're at a place now where the word mental health comes up and, you know, we have to give you know, credibility to that and, and say, let's, let's make sure that this kid's okay, or let's make sure the student's okay, or this athlete is okay. And we absolutely need to do that. But what's, what's real mental health and what's learning to manage life? Like situational anxiety versus the anxiety diagnosis where it's, that, it develops right. you or something. Uh, yeah, right. that is tough. I think it's the, I would guess you could occur the one thing you just want is to let the player know they can talk. You don't have to, if you are in a rut, you know, I want you to be tough. I want you to get over that goal that was scored. I also want you to be open if you're feeling some sway and then right. we can deal with it. Yeah. To let them know that the resources are available, whether that's a coach who they can talk to an assistant coach that they can talk to, mm -hmm. um, you know, somebody, a performance consultant like myself who might be working with a team or an organization, you can talk to that person or that there's, you know, there's a clinical psychologist or, or counselor on staff that you can talk to um, and, 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 and letting parents understand that as well. So parents can be open for their kids, talking to them and then providing, you know, a resource for their, for their kids. Um, and those are, you know, all those things take time and, and those resources have to be available to the coaches and and obviously to the student athletes. Well, we were introduced to you by uh, by Brian Scales, the academy director for for Charlotte FC. One of the things we spoke about was kids coming in town, getting integrated with host families. Yeah, and I asked him, you know, how would kids handle, you know, the the conflict resolution? Is there somebody in the club that they go to? Do these kids have an outlet in these MLS programs to email, call, text, whatever, to, to get over that hump? And how would you address those kids in a public setting so that they yeah. all get the same message on how to deal with this integration when things don't go right, the bed is not comfortable, the food is yucky? Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's just, it's just not right, you know? Yeah. Well, you're you're getting at, and you're using conflict or conflict resolution as 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 kind of the the you know the, the topic here. Yeah. But we we need to teach these kids mm -hmm. how to how to confront one another. We need to teach them how to lead one another. Okay. We need to teach them how to communicate face to face with one another. Uh, and and I could get into social media and what's that what oh, that's geez. doing to to, to impact yeah. you know our face to face communication and our ability to to resolve some pretty simple issues one on one because we would hope in some cases that you know coming from whatever family and into whatever system that they have a certain set of communication skills or leadership skills or conflict resolution skills but the reality is a lot of these kids don't have those skills sure. right so so we need to teach those skills now. You know, to the to the to the Brian Scales of the world, who is Brian is he is a fantastic leader. Yeah. He mm -hmm. is so good at what he does. Like he gets it. Yes, he yeah. really seemed like he did. Yeah. 
but but does he have the time to do all these other things? Does right. an academy director have time to to you know, or do the coaches of the seventeens or the fifteens or the yeah. you know, do the coaches have time to teach these kids conflict resolution skills or to teach them basic communication skills or to teach them how to be leaders at age fifteen? Hmm. And the answer is no. They don't yeah. have the time to do this. Yeah. And so we, we're bringing these kids in, we're putting them into a, bringing them into a culture, right? And we're saying, hey, let's, let's, let's develop this culture. And they don't necessarily know how to communicate with one another. And that's during good times. Huh. To your, to yeah. your point, right? Yeah. What happens when I don't like the food or I don't like the, what you said to me, or I don't like what you posted on social media, or I don't like, you know, being a second team player. Cause I've been a whole, whole, my whole life. I've been a starter. Like, how do you deal with, how do you, these kids don't know how to approach a coach. They don't know how to <laughs> True. another yeah. sometimes. Yeah. Right. Right. And so we, we have to teach them what it looks like to confront. And so, so one of the things that I do when I come into these, these, these groups and these teams is, is I will walk them through a, a leadership model, teach them how to, what's it look like to lead by example. Let's talk about leading by example. What, what goes into leading by example? And then second level of leadership, let's talk about, what it means to be a credible vocal leader, but you don't get to be a vocal leader till you're a leader by example. Oh, wow. That's yeah. interesting. Yeah. Right. And then th- level three of leadership is now you're in a position to be a team leader. If you're leading by example, and here's how we do it, and you've earned the right and the credibility to open your mouth and be a good vocal leader, Yeah. which by the way, means that you've also earned the right to confront your teammates, Yeah. but, but not until you're doing it yourself. <laughs> now you're in a position to be a team leader, level three. Nice. Right. And so, so we, we walk them through what it means to lead through those levels of leadership and a part of those levels of leadership. It, it, it also entails how to confront your teammates. Level two leadership is vocal leadership. What's it look like to go to your teammate and confront your teammate? Well, if you're leading by example, if you've been leading by example, you're in a better position it's much to confront easier. your teammate. It's sure. much easier. Yep. Right. Yeah. yeah. I can't I can't ask you two guys to have a good attitude if I don't have a good attitude. Yeah. I can't ask you to work hard if I'm not working hard. Right. So so we 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 teach them how to lead. And in the midst of teaching them how to lead, we're teaching them how to communicate with one another. We're teaching them how to confront one another. And in the midst of all that, we're also teaching them how to be mentally tough and resilient. Because guess what? When you communicate with people, sometimes they're not going to like what you say. Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes you're not going to get the response that you want. Right. And so how are you going to deal with that? So in the midst of all of that, we're trying to teach them to be mentally tough and resilient, stay committed to your, to your teammates, even when they make you mad sometimes. And how do you confront them when you're not getting along? Yeah. And what's it look like to be a true team leader? Right. So, but back to my, my main point and, and to your point, we have to teach them these things to expect them coming into an organization and to expect them to know these things. I think yeah. we're setting ourselves up. Okay. We're setting ourselves up for failure there. You could plug the books, Matt. Train up is, is that out yet? Or is that coming up? It, it's not out. It's good. It, I hope it's out about October or, or November. So. I just put the pressure on, Greg. I just put the pressure yeah, on. You now you got to have some resiliency. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but you got the other, uh, was it Coach Up I Saw? Um, yeah. What are some of your other books that you have out? Uh, I, I got a couple of, uh, they're, they're more manuscripts than, than anything. They're okay. not published articles. They're, they're, okay. they're, they're workbook kinds of things oh, that great. I give to teams and those kinds of things. I'm, I'm very applied. I'm, I'm a, obviously I'm a college professor and, and I have the, the academic background, but, 
listen, I've been doing this consulting thing for 32 years. And Great. Um, I always joke about this, but, you know, coaches and leaders of groups and teams, they don't ask me for a theoretical perspective. They ask me, <laughs> how, do, how do I get my team, you know, more confident or how do I develop this leader or how do I, you know, train this, this kid up to be more mentally tough. And so very applied in what I do. And so Great. very much a workbook format in, in terms of everything that I, that I present. So, uh, try to, try to bring things to life and real life skills. And, and that's what these are as a sports psychology consultant. Yes. It's sport, but it's really life skills. Sure. I, you know, I, I spend a, a ton of time teaching athletes to, to, to control their body, which is the physiological response to stress, heart rate and, and, you know, muscle tension and breathing patterns, learn to breathe and control your body under pressure learn to control your mind and change this thought to a different thought and, and retrain your mind. Cause as we said, we're negative thinkers by nature. And so we got to retrain how we think and then focus on those relevant cues. Most of the things around us, we can't control, right? Yeah. We can only control a couple of relevant cues. I can control me. I can control my attitude and my focus, and my intensity, but I can't control what you guys think of me. I mean, in a little while, we're going to be off. We're going to be off screen here. You guys might like me. You might not like me. I can't control that, right? <laughs> yep, and, yeah. and for the player, you can't really control whether your coach likes you or not. You can't control whether you're going to start or how many minutes you're going to play. You can control your intensity. You can control your toughness. You can control you, right? Yeah. And so teaching these kids to manage or teaching anybody, it's not just kids, but teaching all of us to manage our response in the moment, our stress response in the moment, manage how we think manage how we focus and guys those are life skills those aren't just sports skills those are life absolutely skills. and once you get them at uh, 13 14 instead of uh, me getting them at 50 it's a lot easier <laughs> so you you just hit a big big important point and that is you know the sports psychology for 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 generations now literally i mean decades i should probably say Sports psychology, you go back 40, 50 years in sports psychology, and it was all geared towards elite level professional athletes, or most of it was, right? Right. Yeah. And 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 even today, I, I some of my graduate students are like, you know, I want to work with, you know, this MLS team or or this, the New York Yankees or whatever, <laughs> you know, they want to work with those elite level teams. But our best work and what we should be focusing on are these. 12, 13, 14, yep. 15 year old kids developing these life skills at an early age. Cause guess what? These life skills will help them take a test better. It will help them deal socially in their middle schools and high schools better. It, it will help them in a job interview one day. It will help them make a sport team one day and it will help them perform at a high level on that sport team. We need to be doing these things at a younger age group level. And, and sometimes we, we neglect that age group, the younger age group, and we focus on the, the elite and professional levels. And it's needed there, too. But we need to get this going at an earlier age. You're Greg, man, right. this was great. This really, was really great, appreciate Greg. I think this was, just, uh, this was just part one. Yeah, great. I'm going to do it again. We could talk to you again soon. Well, I, uh, I look forward to that, guys. And uh, please let me know what I can do. And uh, I, I just really appreciate your time and having me on here. Thanks. Thank cool, you. Man. Thanks, appreciate Greg. It. All right, be good. Appreciate it.